We're excited today to be here. This is kind of a momentous uh, event for us this morning because this is our very first truly live broadcast. Everything that we've done prior has been uh, pre-recorded, and we've had opportunities to go back and do a redo. And then we've been blessed with this wonderful process called editing. Today, it's what it is. It is what it is. You get what you get. And uh, so we are thrilled today and in, in for the rest of this month, our services will actually be live to give us a little bit of practice as a media team and our musicians, uh, myself, whoever is speaking, uh, to get us ready as we begin to take steps back into fully reopening. Uh, we are hope, praying for that. Um, I know that as of tomorrow, the governor of the state of Arkansas has uh, moved us into phase two. With that, we want to be mindful of the fact, do not begin to think that this is over with or that the virus is completely eradicated. It is very prevalent among us and cases are spiking. Uh, they do not yet know whether that is actually due to a greater truly a greater infection rate or if it's just because testing has been ramped up to an incredibly high degree at this point. Um, We're excited tonight to invite you, Victory Folk, to uh, come and be a part of our prayer and praise service at 6 p.m. It's actually live and in person. It will not be broadcast on our Facebook, uh, church Facebook account, uh, but it's an actual live service where we are praying our way back into uh, our building here. Uh, we are excited to take steps to begin to do that. We'll be doing that tonight. We want to just really get a, a measure and see who is ready to come back because some are and some aren't. And let me just uh, graciously say that uh, if whether you're in either one of those camps, we love you and we want to minister to you. If you feel like you need some more time, and especially to the elderly and the immunocompromised, we encourage you, even in phase two, to continue to stay home and to worship uh, through the means of our online platform. Uh, if you have any needs, our office is available, and I'm available. Our pastoral staff, our lead team is available. We, we want to pray and minister to the needs that you may uh, possibly have. So, we are excited. We want to remind you tonight that uh, we prefer facial coverings, but the CDC has relaxed the guidelines. Once you are in and actually in your seat, socially distanced properly, then you may remove your mask or take it down off of your face. Uh, our service tonight will be somewhere between 45 minutes to a, a maximum of an hour, and uh, we're going to be praying uh, for our leadership, praying for our, not just the church leadership, but our local government, our state government, our federal government, in terms of the things that they are still doing to take steps to protect us and help eradicate the spread of this virus. We um, invite you to come tonight and to enjoy this prayer time with us. With phase two being right upon us, that actually moves fellowship from the outside into we can linger and be able to linger in the uh, uh, lobby, um, but we still need to social distance at that point. You'll need to have your facial coverings back on um, and obviously uh, take steps to continue to wash your hands, use the hand sanitizer. Uh, if you don't have a mask, we'll have one available for you. Now, let me just say this to you. We will be checking temperatures at the door. Nobody will be touched. It's a non-contact 
temperature, a uh, little, little, I just use the word gun, but a little device that will point right at your forehead and be able to tell whether or not you have a fever. Uh, sorry guys, for obvious reasons, that's something that we feel like we need to do to protect you and every uh, individual in our congregation. So, um, forgive the extra announcements that we needed to take time to go through this morning. Uh, we're excited to be with you. We're in a new series called Scent. Our plans at the first of the year were that we would just about right now be returning from um, a missions trip to Puerto Rico. By February, we knew that that was not going to be possible, and um, postponing that obviously indefinitely until we are past this current uh, corona crisis. Uh, I was really believing God for folk coming back with transformed lives because I think what happens really is not about what you can do over there, but what really God does do in you when you're on a missions trip and sacrificing your time, talent, and treasure to be able to obey the Great Commission and minister to the needs of other people. Um, the, the message this morning is number two in the Sent series because we're talking about the local church. We are sent to this community. When we read the book of Acts, we want to think beyond just the actual history of the beginning of the early church, but we want to see it as a pattern for how God will use every local church in their community to effect change for the sake of the kingdom of God, beginning with the personal salvation of individual people who become believers and then begin to follow Jesus to become disciples. And so the title of the message this morning in Scent number 2 is called Spiritual Empowerment. If you're home, we have a few folks in our congregation this morning. It's our, uh, our team leaders of our various teams. I have personally invited and asked them to come. Since we were going live, I wanted the opportunity to have just a few folks to, for a little bit of support and spiritual support and maybe even an amen occasionally if you sense that. So we're glad to have you guys with us. And we look forward to, in just a few weeks, being able to open these doors to our whole congregation. Uh, spiritual empowerment, the text is found in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The scripture says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Several things I want to point out in this scripture this morning in these next few moments. I'll be brief, but I, I want to be concise. Uh, is that we receive something, it's power, and that's when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Uh, and the product of that is that we will be witnesses. Uh, normally in the South, we think of doing witnessing, and that is certainly the product of being a witness, but it's not just something you do once a week when you get with a team and you share Grace Man, God, Christ, Faith, or maybe the faith program or whatever it is, beginning with your testimony and maybe the Roman road. There are multitudes of ways that you can share the power of the gospel and how Jesus has transformed your life. But it's not just doing witnessing, it's being. It's a 24-7 lifestyle that Jesus has called his church the ecclesia, or ecclesia, I've heard it pronounced both ways. It's the Greek word which is used in the New Testament to describe a called out people. The word literally means called out to influence. 
And so we're going to be empowered. The title of the message is Spiritual Empowerment. We're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And we will be witnesses. And it gives four locations. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the King James says the uttermost parts of the earth. The NLT says the ends of the earth. I'm going to use the rest of this month those four elements, those geographical locations of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth as a sort of a quick uh, overview or an outline of the book of Acts. Because I believe every local church is to begin in their Jerusalem, right where you're geographically geocentered located. That's your Jerusalem. That's the place where God pours His Holy Spirit, fills you with His presence, and empowers you, sends you to the community. We are to be a sent people, a people that are on mission. My one thing this morning is that beyond salvation, it's obviously the Holy Spirit that does the work. We don't work for it or earn it, but the Holy Spirit applies what Jesus accomplished on the cross for us. Beyond salvation, the primary work of the Holy Spirit is equipping and empowering the believer. So when we talk about an experience with the Holy Spirit, it's not a salvation issue once you've been saved. It becomes an empowering issue, okay? So as we get into this this morning, I have a three-point outline I want to hit very quickly. But before we do, I'd like to pray. Pray with me this morning. Father, thank you for this time together in this service, and we ask you, Holy Spirit, to Guide us, even as the Word says, into all truth. You're our teacher. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is with us and upon us and within us. Thank you that we need not that any man should teach us, but even as this one is in us, in truth, the greater one, the one who is greater than anything that is in the world. Thank you by him we overcome the world. Thank you by the faith of God, by the word of our testimony. In the blood of Jesus, we overcome the evil one, the accuser of the brethren. And we ask you today, Holy Spirit, that you would illuminate our thinking, give us understanding in our minds, open hearts, clear eyes. Father, a heart that is ready to receive the word of the Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way in our midst. Even as Sydney led this morning, we, just, we want to be more aware of your presence in our lives. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Three points today, they are power, love, and a sound mind. Now that probably sounds familiar to you, because, and it should be, because it comes from uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Paul writes to his young um, mentee, Paul's a mentor, he's, he's a father in the Lord, he's writing to his young son in the gospel, and he says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, okay? Um, Newer translations say you're not supposed to be timid. God's not given you a spirit that would lead you into intimidation or to timidity, but God's given you a spirit of power, love, and the newer translations say self-discipline, okay? So we're going to take power, love, and a sound mind this morning, and we're going to talk for just a few moments on how these principles affect us as a sent people into our community. Not only are these three important words in 2 Timothy 1.7, and the reason this was on Paul's mind is because that's his three-chapter outline for 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. 1 Corinthians 12 is the power chapter, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And then 1 Corinthians 14 is where he puts both of them together. And so this morning, I'm going to talk to you about a both-and mentality. 
Okay, and when we get there, it'll, that'll make some sense. As we look at this, remember, beyond salvation, the primary work of the Holy Spirit is equipping and empowering the believer. The, the, the word power that appears here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall receive something, dunamis. Our, our English word dynamite comes from it, but it's not a good translation of this word because dynamite, it's an explosion once and it's over with. Really, in the Greek, this dunamis is the idea of a dynamo, a machine that continually produces power. So the Holy Spirit may be like dynamite in your life, but he really is a dynamo that continues to produce power. Um, Power not for self-serving issues, but power for being a witness. Being a witness, that principle that is there, is a courtroom legal term. Um, don't confuse it again with the Southern churchianity idea of once a week knocking on doors. It's really the idea of attesting to something, getting in the witness chair and declaring that you have been an observer, that your life has been transformed. Because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, you are a witness to the living Christ. You are, you are a life demonstration, your life is evidence of the fact that Jesus is alive, that he is resurrected, that he is living on the inside of you. So literally, we are witnesses to God. We've never thought about that before, but that's actually what the word says in the King James. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power and be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts. So we want to be witnesses, and as a natural byproduct, Doing witnessing flows out of that. Now, God's empowerment speaks of God's ability. We need God's power to help us do the job. When you read the book of Acts, there are dynamic circumstances that happen. It's a continuation of the miracles that flowed in Jesus' life and ministry. And this is not something that God gave only to a select few. This is something to God gives willingly to people who will humbly seek his face and obey his word and learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your heart, in your spirit. And then I believe that signs and wonders will follow us as we release faith in God's ability to do what he said he would do. God's ability is talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the power chapter, okay? And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are nine in number. There are three knowing gifts, three speaking gifts, and three doing gifts. I'm not going to go in depth in this because every one of them could be a teaching. They could be a message. But the three knowing gifts, just to give you a brief overview, are the gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge, the gift of discerning of spirits. Those are things that we know, we get a glimpse of. Now, we don't know like God knows because his knowledge is infinite. Our knowledge is finite. It's in part. We see in part. We prophesy in part until that which is perfect has come. And I do not believe that refers to the scripture. I believe that refers to Jesus, who is the perfect one that we're yet looking for, okay? Now, I'm grateful, thrilled to have the Bible as our guide to guard us. And so everything that the Holy Spirit would speak to us presently will always be governed and judged by what he's already said and written in the book, in the Holy Bible. So three speaking gifts are tongues and interpretation and prophecy. Three doing gifts are 
gifts, plural, of healings, plural. In other words, God heals all different kinds of ways. There's not just one gift of healing, but there are multiple gifts of healings in the Greek. And then there are workings of miracles, and then there's the gift of faith, faith that moves mountains, okay? Now, it's interesting that this is knowing, speaking, and doing because this coincides with the three areas where we're tempted as people, thoughts, words, and deeds. Jesus, I'm sorry, not Jesus, but the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 55, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, my ways are higher than your ways. But because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and mine now as believers, we can get a glimpse of the thoughts of God. God reveals them to us because we are spiritual because the Spirit of God lives in us now. And so we are able to discern a piece of, in part, not the fullness. We don't have full knowledge the way God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit does, but we have an understanding, a piece of it, okay? Our thoughts form our words. Our words inform our deeds. And so it's important that we be men and women that are filled with the Holy Spirit, that we think the kinds of thoughts that God has called us to think. Uh, Philippians chapter uh, 4 tells us about those things, that which is noble and pure and righteous and goes on to describe those things. When I think on the right things, the right words will come out of my mouth because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then what I continually speak on, I will eventually do. So because of the God's ability that has empowered us by the Holy Spirit, we can think God's thoughts after Him. We can speak God's words after Him. We can do God's deeds after Him. All in part, not in the fullness the way He does. But we are empowered to do the ministry, to be sent to our community. Now, at the end of all of that amazing description of these nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, Paul says, I want to show you a more excellent way. Now, he's not poo-pooing what he just took a whole chapter to, to describe and teach us about. He just says, guys, this alone is not enough. He says, I want to show you the more excellent way of love, which leads me to my second point. Remember, beyond salvation, the primary work of the Holy Spirit is equipping and empowering the saints. Now, empowerment is not just about signs and wonders or miracles or trusting God for great things to happen in your life, but it's about being motivated by a spirit of love. Somebody say amen. And so as we learn to love the way Jesus loves, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us what love does and how love is. And this is the picture of the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 says the fruit of the Spirit is love. And I believe everything that's listed after that is a different manifestation of an expression of love itself. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. And I might have turned gentleness and goodness around because I've got this thing in my head to remember them. Love, joy, peace, and a package of figs. Remember Jesus, the, the tree that he was looking for fruit on, which represented Israel, the fig tree, didn't have any fruit. And so it was, when I teach people how to remember the nine fruit of the Holy Spirit, it, everybody knows the first three, love, joy, peace, and a package of figs. Package, PKG, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, FGS. Love, joy, peace, and a package of figs. I bet you don't forget that now. All right. Um, obviously, we want to see those things working in our lives because those represent the character of God. Now, the power of God will get the attention of sinners and the world. But if we don't have God's character, we won't keep their attention. Okay? 
The charisma God's given you, the gifts that are in your life can get the attention of those around you, but it's your character that's going to keep their attention. Poets and prophets have spoken about the importance of love for millennia. It is literally the most written about theme of all songs. Huey Lewis, that great prophet, said, the power of love is a curious thing. Tina Turner asked the question, what's love got to do with it? Well, everything. Foreigner, I see, I'm dating myself. All these were the days when these, this was my music. This is my jam, okay? I was at the lake with my son and his wife and my grandson and some friends, and so we were sitting on the porch after we'd been on the lake on a pontoon all day, and we're just working through playlists, and we're playing 70s music, we're playing 80s music, and we got on the Huey Lewis moment, and I said, I'm going to use that Sunday morning. The power of love is a curious thing. Uh, foreigner said, I want, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. Uh, I, I believe that's the cry of the world right now, especially among our African-American brothers and sisters. Does the church really care about us? Does the white evangelical church in America care about what's happening to our African brothers and sisters? And to also turn around and say, does, does the church care about the, the lives and the ministry of police officers? Absolutely. And you know what? We can be in the middle of that and we can mediate and we can carry love and we're called to be ambassadors of reconciliation. We're called to bring peace. We're called to show love. Uh, Stevie Wonder says, I just call to say I love you. That's one of my favorites. Uh, a, a newer one, John Legend says, because all of me loves all of you. The love of God is the unconditional, unmerited. We don't work for it. We don't earn it. God loves us in spite of ourselves. His love is everlasting, the Bible says. Romans 5.5 5 says this gives us some hope that will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. See, it's not enough to be empowered, but I need to be equipped with his love in order to love people, in order to speak truth to people that can be received, it has to be spoken in love. In times past, the church has been really good at speaking truth, but there's not been a lot not a love to it. There's been more condemnation, more judgmental spirit. God help us. We, do, we don't need that. Beyond salvation, the primary work of the Holy Spirit is equipping and empowering the believer. Third point, and I'm finished, God has given us a sound mind. Okay, I, I have friends that are in groups that emphasize the power. There are churches in the community that emphasize the love side. And I want to tell you, we need both. We need God's ability and we need God's character. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we need the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I need to be empowered and I need to be equipped. I need power and I need love. I need God's ability to do what he's called me to do and I need the right motivation to do it in. Power, love, and that comes from a sound mind. When you open 1 Corinthians 14, it's all of Paul's declarations to say, guys, this is the way you operate this stuff in a local church setting. And he basically says, remember, let all of this be done decently and in order. There's a right way and there's a wrong way to express the gifts and it all needs to be done in love. When you open 1 Corinthians 14, he says, let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities that the Holy Spirit gives. I believe the church, God is calling the church to move away from an either or mentality into a both and expression. So much today is dividing us, polarizing us hard 
on the left and the right politically. Every issue we look to, there's always at least two sides. Sometimes there are more than that. And what I want to tell you folks is that many, many times the truth is not one extreme or the other, but it's what lies in the middle. It's not just an either or approach, but it's a both and where we as the church reach, we're sent to our community and we reach to warring sides, warring opinions, warring thoughts, and we share the love of God with people and we, we pray for miracles in the lives of sinners. And, they, and the greatest miracle that happens is when they hear the gospel and they are born again and become part of the kingdom of God. We've got to move from an either or. It's not it's not a right or left issue these days, folks. It's a right or wrong issue. And it's right to love people. It's right to share the gospel. You know what? We are called, this is my last thought as I finish, God has called us as sent people to be kingdom translators. So often we get caught in a vernacular or a vocabulary of church. We get caught up in a spirit of churchianity. We speak Christianese. And we, don't, we talk a different way on Sunday morning than we do Monday through Friday at the water cooler when you're visiting with some friends at, at your work or maybe standing and talking across the fence to a neighbor or sitting on the bleachers beside uh, a fellow teammate or parents of uh, the, the children that you're watching play softball or t-ball or volleyball or whatever, any of the sports. I think it's important that we learn how to be translators we need to learn to speak the language of Babylon and then we need to translate the good things of the kingdom of God into words that people who don't speak church or Christianese so that they can hear it, so that they can receive it. And you know what? Through all of the struggles that we face in order to be able to reach the hearts of people, you can never do it, no matter how gifted, no matter how much charisma you have, except we have the love of Jesus, except we have the love of God. Beyond salvation, the primary work of the Holy Spirit is equipping and empowering believers. God has called Victory Church to be sent to the Delta. We're not just looking for a marketing strategy as we reopen to get people to come to this location, but we are called to equip people to be sent into this community, into your jobs, into our schools, into your neighborhoods, into various organizations that you're a part of, not to be preachy, but to be a witness. Let your life, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, be a, the evidence on a witness stand of life that Jesus is alive. He's alive in your heart. His resurrection is real. Transformation has taken place in your life because of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's possible. That's that's, a, that's offered to you right now. The gospel is the fact that it's not just a vertical experience between me personally and God, but it's a horizontal experience and how I relate to all of my other brothers and sisters around me. That's why it's critical that the church speaks to issues like race and prejudice and that we see that grace is bigger than race. And that God gives us love for people that are different and look different and talk different and think differently than we do. Man, I wish I had a church that was full this morning that could say amen. Help me, team leaders. Come on, say, somebody say amen. We need Jesus. We desperately need the presence and the power of God. And we need the love of God. We need a sound mind to be able to operate in those things. Because it's not one extreme or the other. And the world expects you to be hard right or hard left. You know, and a lot of times in the church world, you either 
emphasize the power and ignore love or you emphasize the love and don't have the, the power to pray the, the wings off a gnat. And you know what, folks? It takes both. No matter what name's on your door, no matter what tribe your church is a part of, we need God's power and we need God's love and we need both of them, the gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know what? This morning, I just want to say to you, if you're a believer and you just say, Pastor, you know what? I'm, my, my love level is low in my tank. My impatience has been showing up. I'm quarantine tired. I, I got a fever and it's not from COVID-19. It's to get out of my house. It's cabin fever. And, and I, I'm frustrated at what we're having to do and how we're dealing with this. You know what I would just say to you? In the, of course, there's a lot of problems that are that, that I can't define in these moments, that I wanted you to know that Jesus knows right where you are. Those of you that are watching this morning that you will see later this week after this live premiere is over with, it'll be available all week long. And so we want to encourage you, share this on your social media because I believe there have been some things that can be encouraging to the people that are in your network. You can see God do dramatic things in your life, but first of all, it begins with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as Savior. He is Lord, but there's no way He can be Lord of your lives until He first saves us from sin, from our past, from our present, from our future. I can't work for it, I can't earn it, I can't deserve it, but it is a gift. He, he freely gives it to us. If I keep working for it, I'm gonna earn the wages of sin, and that ultimately is death. But the gift of God, Everybody say gift, say gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God is standard, God's standard for judgment is in Jesus. And Jesus said, I didn't come to judge the world. I came to save the world. For God so loved that he gave. God's the giver. And this morning, he's reaching to you, ready to give you the free gift of eternal life. And wherever you are, if you would bow your hearts with me, please. Whether you're a believer and you need a, fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit for equipping and empowering, or you've never crossed that line of faith for the very first time, the presence of God through the Holy Spirit is right there where you are. And this morning, I would just ask you to take this moment and pray these words with me. Let's pray together. If you would, say this after me. Father, thank you for this word. I turn to you. I'm desperate. I need you, Lord. I just say this, Jesus save me. I turn from my past and I turn to you in faith. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill me with your love and with your power. Transform my life. Be Lord of my life, Lord Jesus Christ. I'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. And everybody said, amen. We love you. We pray that you were encouraged by these words this morning. And we would love to see you guys tonight at our prayer and praise service here at 6 p.m. If you have any needs, our announcer is going to share with you a prayer request line. And those of you uh, that are part of Victory, thank you for your faithfulness in giving to the Lord his tithes and our offerings. It's been a blessing even through this season how we've met budget and paid a payment on a new building because God is good and, and, and your hearts are generous and we thank you. Amen. Be blessed.